0: Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. We know that the key to everything in our lives as believers is that we live in Christ. That is the key truth that has to undermine absolutely everything, underscore everything that goes on in our lives. We know that we were in him when he was crucified, that we have been crucified with Christ. We know we are in him when he was raised from the dead that we are able to share in his risen life. We know that we are in him as he ascended to glory, so we're seated in heavenly places in Christ now. We know that because we are in him as branches of the true vine, he is also in us. And of course, as I often remind you, it's not what we know that matters, but what we do with what we know that we are living these truths out in our lives day by day. And, of course, God has blessed us by putting his kingdom within us so his sovereign rule and reign is established in our lives. He's given us his Holy Spirit because the kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit so we can live the kingdom life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what all this reminds us is that everything that I've just said is completely dependent upon Jesus. It's what he has done. It's what he does now through the power of his Holy Spirit. That none of it is dependent upon us. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves acceptable to God that we know we are accepted in the beloved, in Christ. There's nothing we can do to live a righteous life. If we try to live a righteous life, we will be guilty of self-righteousness, whereas Christ is our wisdom from God our righteousness. God says to us, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. But you know the more you try to live a holy life, the more you fail. So we are constantly reminded Christ is our holiness. Now, the scripture tells us that we have come to fullness of life in Christ. And this is the thing we always need to remember, that because we're in Christ, we're in his fullness. He can't have anybody living in him that does not have his fullness. You can't have people partially living in him. You can't have Christ partially living in you. So, because we live in him, we live in his fullness. And therefore, everything that he is, is ours. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are inheritors of absolutely everything that he is and has. All we can do is to believe that we have what God says we have but also to be in that place of recognising that apart from him we can do nothing and that whatever we do in our own strength that is initiated if you like by our natural life by our soul life is in kingdom terms worth nothing. The only thing that counts, Paul says, is faith working through love, which means that the only thing that is going to produce fruit that lasts is that which the risen, glorified Christ does in and through us by his Spirit. Everything else is well, really in kingdom terms it's rubbish because it can't produce what God wants to see being produced in our lives. And we know that, of course, at the judgment everyone's works will be tested by fire. And the wood hay stubble that will be burnt up because it can't survive the fire is everything you decide to do out of your own initiative and in your own strength, even if you think that what you're doing is to serve the Lord. Whereas the silver, gold and precious stones are what he does in you and through you. And silver, gold and precious stones can survive fire. They will survive the, the time of testing. And Jesus says there will be a reward and for all that he has done in us. The, it always seems to me this is the amazing thing about God's grace that the things that matter is what he does in and through us. Not what we do ourselves. You know, not I, but Christ. And yet we get rewarded for it. And this shows something about the mentality of God, if you like, his attitude. You see... We love the Lord and because we love the Lord we want to please him. So the only way to please the Lord is to depend upon him and not to do things in our own strength. What we decide to do in our own strength, even if it seems biblical, even if it seems right but is not necessarily what God is wanting at that time, those things really count for nothing. That God has his plan and purpose for each one of us, personally and for us together corporately, and what he desires to see is people so surrendered to his will that he is able to work in us and through us in the way that he desires. It's really as simple as that. And you would think, well, if what he does in and through us is his activity, All the glory belongs to him, and that's true. And yet, when all the glory belongs to him, he says we get rewarded. Which seems strange, but you see, what what he's saying is, if you let me work through your life in the way that I desire, there will be eternal reward. So, we know salvation is his gift, there's nothing we can do to earn or deserve that. But Jesus said, at the judgment, everyone will be rewarded according to what he has done. So it isn't that I'm trying to pile up a series of good works so on the day of judgment I can impress God. Oh, look, Lord, look what I've done. He said, well, all that you've done is worth nothing. Now let's talk about what I've done. Have you lived in the good of what I've done? If you've lived in the good of what I've done then there will be reward. Silver, gold, precious. Stones will survive that time of testing. So all this helps us to keep our focus on him. You know, I'm constantly saying to you that actually what the New Testament does is forbid us to look at ourselves and to examine ourselves. Why is that? Because you see, as soon as you start examining yourself, you have slipped out of faith. And you're actually saying, if I can get something right in my life, then I will be able to please the Lord. I will be able to obey the Lord. I will be able to do whatever God wants. That is self-dependence. It's not Christ-dependence. Amen? So we know if there's anything that God wants to sort out in our lives the convicting power of the Holy Spirit will come upon us and he will show us what it is that he needs to put right and when that happens of course we repent. But that does not happen by looking at ourselves because you only get the revelation from God of what he desires to change and transform in our lives by having our focus on him. So it's counterproductive to say, you know, let's examine ourselves in this area, that area, and the other area. Seems spiritual, but actually it's utterly soulish. But the only thing that is truly spiritual is what the Holy Spirit does. So the Holy Spirit brings conviction. Now, when he brings conviction of something that he wants to deal with in our lives, it means that he's ready to deal with it, there and then. He doesn't bring conviction of sin or failure or something that he needs to sort out and then leave us wallowing in the mud. As soon as he speaks and gives us the revelation we need, that is the indication that God intends that matter to be dealt with there and then. And that's why we need the the kind of heart that Jesus had. You know, the scripture tells us that in the days of his humanity, he had a humble and gentle heart. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, he said. I have a humble and gentle heart. And we know, because I remind you so frequently, that even in the days of his humanity, Jesus could do nothing himself. And he said that plainly on more than one occasion. That apart from the Father, he could do nothing. Now, if that was true for Jesus, it's certainly true for us, isn't it? If he could do nothing apart from the Father, we can do nothing apart from Jesus. So he said, I speak only the words my Father gives me to speak. I do only the things I see my Father doing. I haven't come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Which is an interesting statement, you see, because it shows that he had his own human will in his soul. But in his Spirit, he had the will of the Father. And so for Jesus, as for us, the same principle was at work. Are we going to live according to the soul, what we want, what we choose to do, the way we think we can serve God, or are we going to walk according to the Spirit? When the Holy Spirit has the initiative, when the Holy Spirit is in charge, Paul in Romans talks about being under the control of the Holy Spirit. But you can only be under the control of the Holy Spirit if you yield that control to him. He will never take it. He will never force that upon any one of us. He will only take control where we give him control. Now... One of the amazing things for me about the Lord is his incredible patience. I mean, he's so patient with me because we can sometimes be so stubborn. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to see what he's wanting us to see. We don't want to face up to issues that uh, we need to face up to. And this is where, very gently, the Holy Spirit is persistent. He doesn't nag like the devil. If you ever feel nagged, that's the devil. It's never the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit just gently will keep (coughs) reminding us of what God has said, what he is asking of us to do in response to what he said. And when that happens, we are always conscious of two things, of our need for his mercy, especially if there's anything within our hearts that's been resistant to what he wants, but also of his grace, because we can only do what he wants through his grace, through his enabling, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, I'm not teaching you anything new, I'm just saying to you this morning truths that you know very well, but it's putting it all together and realising, Lord, what a calling you have placed on my life. Paul says, when he's talking to the whole church, not not just to leaders in the church, he says, live up to your high calling. Why? Because God doesn't have a lesser calling for any of his children. He only has a high calling. You know the scripture in Revelation 4. Come up here and I will show you what is to come. There's a sense in which all the time God by his Spirit is wanting to lift us up so we know our unity with him, not, not our unity with the human Christ but our unity with the glorified – sorry, not, not, not with the human Jesus but our unity with the glorified Christ. Hallelujah. We don't live in the human Jesus who walked on the earth, we live in the one who has died, been raised, glorified. We live in him. And therefore we live in his victory. And Paul says that God always leads us in his triumphant procession in Christ. Uh, I've often over the years preached, you know, about the victory of Jesus, and people have often said to me, you're being triumphalistic, almost as an accusation. And I say, yes, of course I am because that's what God intends. He intends us to be in triumphal. You know, Jesus never says to anyone, come follow me and fail. He says, come follow me and live in victory. I have overcome so you can overcome. And that's why, of course, we need to be applying the virtue of the cross to our lives and to the lives of others with whom we have to deal continually so that we can overcome And we can see them overcoming. It's one thing to overcome ourselves. It's an even greater blessing, really, to be used by God to help others to overcome. Amen? Amen. To live in that triumph and in that victory that Jesus has won. This is what pleases the Lord. I shared with you a little while ago uh, what God had shown me uh, about that a wonderful but rather strange thing that that Jesus said you know that he would continue to to reveal himself to us, that the father's love for the Son might be in us and you know for years and years and years i 've known that scripture and thought to myself, well what does it really mean for the father 's love for the Son to be in us? How can we possibly Love Jesus in the way that the Father loves Jesus. And then then he showed me, well, what does a father want for his son? He wants his son to be blessed. So I want you to love Jesus. What, what does it mean to be blessed? To be made happy? To be made fulfilled? Says, I want you to be happy for me. And every day, ever since then, I praise God, I thank God, I thank Jesus. I'm so thankful that you are happy today. I'm just rejoicing that you are happy. You're happy every time you see your blood availing. For someone in their lives. You're, you're happy, you're, you're, you're so happy with seeing people saved, you called all heaven to rejoice. I'm so pleased for you, Jesus. I'm so pleased for you. Even, even if I don't always please you, I thank you so much is going on in the world every day that pleases you. I thank you that you're pleased every time somebody is baptised in the Holy Spirit. You're pleased every time that you can answer a prayer of faith. Every time somebody is healed. Every time somebody is delivered from, from the bondage and from the powers of darkness. You, you are blessed. You are pleased. You are happy every time. The devil is defeated in people's lives. And it's sort of added another dimension, I think, to my praise, really, to my my worship of the Lord, just to know, oh, God, it's so good, Jesus, to know that so much is happening today that will please you, that will bless you. And, of course, when you pray like that, you can't avoid then praying, but I want to please you, I want to bless you. I want to be in the place with you where you can be pleased. I can't please you. There's absolutely nothing I can do to please you, Lord, but to allow you to work in me and through me so that you can do what pleases you. It's all about him, isn't it? It's all down to him. Um, the other day when we were worshiping, you know, I said that that old simple song came to mind. Lord, you're beautiful, and I couldn't couldn't quite remember the words, so I looked up on the internet. Praise God, even things like that are on the internet. Uh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see—not seek, but see. Your face is all I see, and when you look upon this child, your grace abounds to me it's a great song and uh, there was a, a famous world famous um, worship leader um, called Keith Green and this was one of his little songs but it encapsulated what people were actually experiencing in worship at that time such a sense of engaging with the Lord in his beauty and living so profoundly in his grace so for the last 36 years this week we would have been in faith camp but we are where God wants us to be this year and what he is wanting to work in us is going to be a much greater blessing to the whole body of Christ than even Faith Camp was. We you know, Faith Camp was a blessing to many thousands of people every, every, every year. But we want a move of the Holy Spirit that is a revival for a generation. Ever since Kingdom Faith has, ex- has existed, that has been our prayer because so many revivals last for a few years and then peter out. We need revival for a generation to prepare for Jesus to come again. Amen? And that's, I believe, needs to be the burden of our prayer, of our faith. And, you know, it always has to begin with us, doesn't it? So God is doing a work of reviving us at present. And the more we allow him to do in us, the more he will be able to use us, the more other people will be affected, the more their lives will be impacted by what God does in us. So, even in seeking God, even in seeking to walk in unity at one with him, it's never a selfish thing, it's never for you alone, it's always for all those whose lives your life is going to touch. This is what is in the the heart of God all the time. Not simply that he wants to bless you, but he has in mind all those he wants to bless through you, all those whose lives he wants to touch through you, all those transformed lives that are going to come about because of the way his spirit, his kingdom was expressed in your life. Not you, but Christ in you. And we were talking last week about character and charisma. And you see, what the Holy Spirit does in us is to work both those things. More, the closer we walk with Jesus, the more of his character is reflected in our lives. And the more of the charisma, the gifting, the anointing of the Holy Spirit can actually be fruitful and effective in our lives. So... There was another old song, Forget About Yourself, Concentrate on Him. That was a good one. (laughs) Because most Christians, even when they're worshipping, their focus is so much on themselves rather than on the one that they're supposed to be worshipping. If your focus is on yourself, you're worshipping yourself. You're not actually worshipping Him. And that's why we don't sing songs about our experience of God, but those songs that really exalt and praise Him. We're not worshipping our experiencing, we're worshipping the one who gives us the experience of Himself. So praise God. Hallelujah. We think of all our brethren who are on holiday at present, and uh, some of you will be going on holiday in the coming days, but there's never a holiday from Jesus, is there? We stay in that place with Him, Why? Because he is our wisdom. And we don't want to get into any foolishness that is only going to undermine his plan and purpose for our lives. So let me just round this off by saying that put in very, very simple words, God is saying, the one thing I desire for you is that you succeed. My desire is you succeed. not succeed in doing what you want, but that you're successful in doing what He wants. And you know you can only be successful in doing what He wants by depending upon him. Hallelujah. So let's stand and just come into the middle. I want you to thank God for His mercy, His patience. His loving kindness, His grace, hallelujah. Just respond to His word. You don't need me to lead you in response, you know how to respond. But just open your heart to Him and just as He speaks from His heart into your heart this morning, so now speak from your heart into His heart. This is response time, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Kara pakutori alendoma. Thank you, Jesus. You're awesome, Lord. You are so awesome. Hallelujah. Kara bati le aletu gorozoteri sandoma. Bapari aletu gorozoteri sandali aletu bapapara sanduma. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You give us godly success that you always lead us in triumph. That's your word, that you always lead us in triumph, that when we follow you, we overcome. When we follow you, we are victorious. When uh, When we follow you, you are so much greater than the circumstances, so much greater than our feelings, so much greater than ourselves. We thank you that you always lead us in your triumphant procession in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your victory in our lives. Victory over the world and the worldliness that is all around us. Victory over our own flesh in which there is nothing good. Victory over the devil who is all the time seeking to counter the work of the kingdom. We thank you, Lord. You give us the victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. We praise you, Jesus. We don't want to look at ourselves. We don't want to look at the flesh. We, we know looking at the flesh doesn't resolve anything. Hallelujah. We look to you. We look to your victory. We praise you for all that you have done, that we have died and our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. Praise your holy name. <laughs> oh hallelujah scripture says because you died with Christ your life is now hidden with Christ in God because he is your life you will appear with him in glory when he comes again hallelujah thank you Jesus we're on the winning side hallelujah we're on the side of victory we're on the side of success Thank you, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Our weakness doesn't matter because your grace is sufficient for us and your power is made perfect in our weakness. Praise your holy name. Thank you that in our weakness we can depend upon you. In our weakness you will never fail us. You will never forsake us. Oh, do you realize what it means to forsake, it means that if God forsake, forsook us, it means He would leave us to our own devices. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us to our own devices. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Pura letto sandaria letto Oh, Thank you Lord that when it appears that things are not going right that's just a sign for us to depend more upon you to depend more fully upon you to look with even greater faith and expectation to you because you are the one who enables us you are the one who, who, who overcomes hallelujah Oh, thank you that we live in the overcomer. And the overcomer lives in us. Bless you and praise your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God, oh, my Lord, Torah Tabaria, leto, colasoteri, Sandama, Papa Parazandori, Saria, leto, Papapara Parasandama. Oh, wonderful Jesus, wonderful Lord, Torah Tabaria, leto, colasoteri, Sandama, Papa, 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 Calazandaria, leto, Papa, Calazandama, Papa, Papa, Calazandori, Sandaria, leto, Papa, Sandama. Wonderful Lord, wonderful Lord. Now just think for a moment, apply the victory of Jesus to some area in your life or in your prayer life or those for whom you pray where you need to see victory. Now, when you do that, you don't pray for victory. You pray for the victory that Jesus has already won to be revealed in those situations, in those circumstances, in the, those people. We thank you, Lord. When you, before you died on the cross, you cried out, it is finished, yes. it is done, it is accomplished. Everything for that victory had been achieved. And we thank you that we live in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Thank you that you are seated in heavenly places waiting for everything to be put under your feet. Hallelujah. And Lord, we are happy for our lives to be under your feet that we worship you we honor you we adore you we surrender and submit ourselves to you we are not our own we were bought with a price and thank you that you have such wonderful purposes for each one of us in this room praise your holy name so Lord we want you to be pleased we want you to be glorified in each of these situations that we hold before you now that your victory your triumph will be revealed in those situations and then you will be pleased hallelujah to see the victory of your blood, the victory of your spirit, in those lives. We give you glory, Lord. You say, whatever we ask in prayer, believe that we have received it. So we see these things accomplished now. Whether they will be accomplished before our eyes immediately or whether over a period of time, we see them accomplished hallelujah praise your holy name bless you lord Lord, we know that without faith, we cannot please you. So we thank you for the spirit of faith. We pray that that spirit of faith will rise up within us day by day. That every challenge that arises, we will face with the spirit of faith operating in our lives. Christ in us, his faith in us. Praise your holy name. Lord, we want to walk as Jesus did. We thank you for that scripture that says, we are as he is in the world. We want to speak as Jesus spoke, believe as Jesus believed, pray as Jesus prayed. Do what Jesus did. We thank you that the same spirit that lived in him lives in each one of us to enable the character and the charisma of the risen Christ to be revealed in and through us. Lord, only you could have thought of such a purpose for the likes of us. And only you could accomplish such a purpose in us. So we praise you for our high calling. Hallelujah! By your grace, enable us to live up to our high calling. Come on, let's finish, guys. Just praising God. Oh, we bless you.